Welcome and thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Psychor Water Cooler, the casual conversation podcast dedicated to covering all things related to Psychor, including product updates, implementations, insights, getting the most out of your Psychor investment, and more. I'm your host, John Price, Psychor Practice Director and MVP at AmericanEagle.com. Psychor Symposium 2022 is over and officially in the books. The much-anticipated event did not disappoint when it came to the product roadmap vision. David O'Flanagan and many others laid out a great vision for Psychor in the marketplace where it can serve its existing and future customers. If it wasn't already clear, Psychor has bought into the vision of Composable and SaaS and breaking out their tech stack to three distinct clouds for content, commerce, and engagement. And this is what we're here to discuss today with some of the top contributors from the Psychor community. The key takeaways from this year's symposium, what were the most exciting announcements, but also what might be some challenges to overcome with the future of Composable. Today, I'm joined at the water cooler by some of the best and brightest from the Psychor community. Ahmed Akor is a Psychor architect and MVP. Naeem Al is a Psychor architect and has been developing on the Psychor platform for over five years. And Maggie Burke is a program manager and digital strategist with five years of Psychor experience. Everyone, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us, John. Thank you. So for some of us, this was our fifth plus symposium. And for others on this call, it was their first. So a lot of different interesting perspectives. So let's first start with the key takeaways from this year's 2022 symposium. Ahmed, I'm going to start with you. What were some of your key takeaways? Yeah. So the the, the key takeaway for me, like you know, the the, the focus for Sidecar on to moving the into the composable world, and in the introduction of three new products, Content Hub One, which is a fast and agile headless CMS, Sidecar uh, Search, which is like you know advanced search solution that can be used as as a standalone. And the new Cycle Connect, which is it's an integration platform. They we haven't seen like the full details of that, but basically an integration platform that helps the Cycle solution to, to come together uh, and work on a kind of like a fast, easy way to integrate between each other. So yeah, and the focus on the XM cloud and like how can we use that? And like when does it make sense? And when it doesn't make sense to be used. Yeah, I think, you know, the one key takeaway from myself was there's now no shortage of options. You know, someone can yeah. go on the Sitecore platform. Let's, let's unpack Content Hub 1 for a second. So I think this was, was a little bit of a surprising announcement, yeah. announcement of some because Sitecore already has a SaaS headless CMS. They have an on-premise headless CMS. And now they have another simplified version of that called Content Hub 1, which in my mind is more of like a contentful competitor. Ahmed, what else can you tell us about Content Hub 1? Yeah, you're right. Like it seems like a competitor for uh, like contentful or like other headless CMS out CMSs out there. It doesn't provide. It's it's not the same as in the enterprise XM cloud, which provides like the full features that Cycle CMS provides. So this is basically like you know like you have your own headless application. You just want some content from headless application. So, and in terms of as far as I know, I think it's the pricing is different. So this one would be cheaper in a way. I'm not sure. Can't hold me to that, but as, as far as I know, like the pricing will be different. So this is a light version of the CMS, so it will be it will cost less. Uh, so it's it's an easy uh, or uh, easier start for anyone who wants to like uh, use a sidecore uh, CMS as a headless CMS. Yeah, I think it help also helps fill the gap on some sidecore clients that may not want to build a simple site on their existing XM or XP instance, you know, instead of going to like a WordPress or Contentful to build a simple blog site or just build a simplified site, you can spin up Content Hub 1 and just, you know, deploy your simplified brochure site or whatever, whatever it may be. So I think that's one way to kind of keep Sitecore, existing Sitecore clients on the platform, but then also offer a way for people to kind of 
experiment with Sitecore as well. If they maybe have been looking at one of those competitors. That's great. You mentioned a few other really interesting products, Search, XM Cloud, Sitecore Connect. But I'm going to put those on hold for one yeah. second. Naeem, I'm going to turn it over to you. What were some of your key takeaways from Symposium? Yeah, as, as Ahmed said, uh, um, the key for me was the moving to composable. It seems like Sitecore decided to go composable and uh, to the headless. So this is a, the strategy is clear. They acquired some companies to help them in that. Now they have like a full stack of uh, products, covers all uh, the aspects, uh, content uh, management. They have now Send, for example, they have CDB, they have Order Cloud for Commerce, they have Connect, Search, and uh, other composable products. So the, the clients now have more options and they can pick and choose whatever they need. They don't have the old uh, take it all package, which is very flexible and exciting. For uh, Content Hub, now they have three products actually. Uh, Content Hub 1, which is the headless CMS. They have uh, Content Hub DAM, that data assets management. Content Hub uh, operations. So it seems like they divided the one product, the Content Hub, to three separate products which will give more focus on each features for the client. And it's, it's a, again, it's a headless, it's composable, so they can pick and choose. They don't need to take it all. Yeah, it is interesting to see how the market has evolved. First Salesforce and Adobe with these acquisitions, having these individual puzzle pieces in now Sitecore, right? There's other ones out there too. It was before, hey, buy our full, our full suite of products. They all work together. Now all these software companies are like, hey, you can buy, you can just buy a piece of ours because it works. You can work, make it work with anything. So, just the market and how it's shifted has been very interesting, and it's been nice to see kind of Sitecore adopt that model as well. Basically, purchase and build only the pieces you need. Some even call it Lego pieces. Like, yep, yeah, Lego exactly. Pieces. The Lego piece approach. I like that. Yeah, Maggie, I'm gonna turn it over to you. What, what were some of your key takeaways, more from you know that the program manager, digital strategist point of view, not the technical point of view? Yeah, I mean, just kind of to the point you guys just made, I think part of it is that Sitecore really is stepping away from that kind of one size fits all for every customer and allowing people to kind of customize what they're going to actually need and take the approach that also makes sense from them from a capacity standpoint. Sometimes when you give clients the whole package, they can get overwhelmed. So when you kind of take a step back and say, what products are we going to look at and are we going to really need? Is it, do we want to start with something like Content Hub and then build into something like CDP and personalize? You know, it allows them to, again, take a step back and realize what products are going to give us the most ROI and then what products are going to, you know, allow us to grow in to something that'll help our goals. So I think that was one of the key takeaways that I saw was that, you know, there's more strategy to it now because you're starting to really think about what pieces are you going to need versus getting everything all at once and having to just kind of figure out, well, how are we going to use it and when are we going to use it? Yeah. One thing that we discussed in a previous episode, you brought up a really good point is the strategy and the planning now is more important than ever. It's not just, hey, let's go buy a software product. This is how we're going to implement it. It's which pieces of each software product are we going to use and when are we going to use them? So now with Sitecore, just taking the simplified content side, it's like we could do XM on premise, we could do XM cloud, you know, the SaaS CMS, or we could do Content Hub One. So even there, you have to really kind of document your business requirements, figure out what you need now. And in the future, then you can always bolt on the other products. So it does give people more flexibility, but the upfront planning 
is more important than ever. Right. But at the end of the day, it's going to save you time and money, right? Because, you know, now you're not necessarily paying for the things you don't need. You'll do that strategy up front to figure out what what do we need right now and, and what can we set ourselves up for for the future? Yeah, 100 percent. The old mantra of crawl, walk, run for uh, mm -hmm. experienced marketing personalization can now just be applied to the tech stack and the implementation in general. Exactly. Perfect. All right. Great stuff, everyone. So some great key takeaways. I want to revisit a few of those products that you all mentioned, but you know, what were some of the most exciting announcements for you individually, right? You know, there's a lot of different types of products now. We have content, we have engagement, we have commerce. Individually, what were some of those exciting announcements for you all? So Naeem, I'm going to start with you on this one. For me, the XMX Cloud uh, was a big uh, announcement. I was waiting for, actually, before, before the XMX Cloud, um, the upgrade process was uh, a headache. It can take resources and time now uh, it's a the, the client will not need to worry about it anymore it will be automatically upgraded even um, for the xml cloud they have a new what you see what you get editor for the pages they have also new uh, way to set up uh, multi-site uh, and sxa uh, it's easier now to push code and be deployed to xm cloud so the whole process is become smooth and uh, it's really exciting from the development uh, point of view and from the client point of view as well. Yeah, instead of you know taking three to six months to do a Cycro upgrade, right. that's now gone. Now people can just focus on building business value. So exactly. I think that's incredibly important. They so can focus more on the business yeah. value. Yeah, let's build new features instead of just keeping the software and the tech up to speed. Right, and uh, uh, the XML Cloud support uh, components add-ons. Add for So you, the, the client can add uh, the personalize, uh, the search, and other component. It's a... It's, uh, supposed to be quick and easy way to do it. Um, the personalized version is um, a cut down from the site course personalized, but you, if you want the full version, you can also upgrade easily. So things look much smoother now. It's easier uh, for the client. That's a really good point. You know, with XM Cloud, the SaaS CMS, you know, as Naeem mentioned, you c it will come with, I believe, in some type of package, a personalized almost preview, some uh, basically a trimmed down version of personalized. The clients can kind of test with it, get a taste for it, and if they want to buy the full product to personalize in CDP later, they can. Yeah, so that's a really good highlight. It has some limitation. Uh, I remember 30 days of it will keep only 30 days of historical data. I'm not sure about other limitations, but that, that that's the point. Yeah, fantastic, Maggie. What were your some of, what were some of your most exciting takeaways? Yeah, I mean, one of them, obviously, I think just from a strategy perspective, CDP and personalized has always kind of been the most interesting. I mean, I feel like personalization is a, a buzzword around around the tech space, um, and it's always cool to really see how it can be implemented. I think understanding the difference, too, that CDP and personalized can be purchased separately, that they don't necessarily have to be all in one, that CDP is more of gathering data for people that are coming to your website versus personalized. You can actually set up you know, decision models um, for rules as people come to your site. I think another thing that I really learned from Symposium 2 is hearing the Sitecore team talk about the differences between using it with XP and then kind of taking it beyond and taking you know just CDP and personalized as a separate product. So that's one that I'm very excited to kind of dive more into this year, um, especially as we're kind of implementing that for more clients. So that was definitely one of the more exciting takeaways. I think the other one, too, is just Sitecore Connect. I know we didn't get to hear a ton about it, but we got to hear the kind of starts of it. And I know that from a project and program management side of things, you know, being able to work with the team on a low code, no integration kind of seamless model 
is really going to help in terms of keeping things consistent, you know, across not only just projects, but timelines. So I think just from, you know, from an agency perspective, that's always exciting. Um, so I think those are the two kind of key exciting ones that I heard during the uh, conference. Wonderful. Yeah. Personalize is a great way to get started for kind of in session website, A-B testing, personalization. Right. And then clients can always add on CDP, which is really the the walking and run stage anyway of loading behind the scene data, keeping longer historical data. So it's a great way for clients to dabble with personalization in the composable space and they can use it for non-site core websites, right? Exactly. So that's why they that's why they purchase it. So you can use it on these headless applications or even a, a non-site core CMS for good takeaway there. I do want to talk about Sitecore Connect for a second. I mean, mm -hmm. so for those that did not get to see, Sitecore Connect is going to be an integration platform as a service. Sitecore is partnering with another third party that is an enterprise level iPaaS. So they're going to come out with a bunch of their own out-of-the-box connectors and Sitecore is going to be building connectors as well. And then obviously partners and customers can build their own. So it is you know, it is a needed way to connect these composable products together between the even just the own Sitecore uh, tech stack. So that's going to be an interesting development. I, I imagine that's going to be a progressive iteration through 23 and we'll get more detail at next symposium. I'm sure we'll see some early adopters in the spring and summer of 2023. So great takeaways there, Maggie. Ahmed, you know, you're a Sitecore veteran, many year MVP. You've been to probably five plus symposiums. You've kind of seen it all. You've seen Sitecore kind of transform. What were some of your most exciting announcements this year? Yeah. So it's not related to a specific product. It's just about the technology shift into a different uh, front-end modern uh, JavaScript library instead of the old way of doing this MVC. So, you know, like for me as a you know, technology person, like uh, this is something definitely I'm looking forward to. Like you said, if, if you want to move to this composable world, you, you might want to update your the technical skills of your team. So. Um, moving away from the old .NET, Core, .NET framework into either .NET Core or the either one of the most popular JavaScript libraries. So, and Sitecore seems to be like really heavily invested into uh, into these technologies. So, they're investing a lot with React, Next.js, and the seamless integration with Vercel for deployment. So, Exam Cloud also includes not only deployment to your uh, Exam but also to your uh, Vercel uh, head uh, application as well. So uh, it's definitely an exciting like time to be uh, a Cypher developer and to have a chance to play around with all of these technologies. So I'm going to jump ahead of ahead here a little bit because you mentioned the new technologies, especially for some developers that might be used to working with MVC. What are some of the challenges you foresee or, or what are some recommendations you can give to a legacy Sitecore developer you know, that used to develop an XP and XM, what, where should they, what should they learn first? What should they focus on to learn these new technologies? Yeah. So I would start with either learning one of the JavaScript front-end framework like Angular or Vue or Next.js with React. But I would recommend if you start with React in the lenses of Next.js or like, you know, learning Next.js with, you know, with React. Uh, because that seems like what Sitecore prefers. And even like, most of their demos were like you know next to us with react uh so start with their start like you know taking a, a course or training on that area it's it, it it might be challenging in the beginning but eventually you know it comes together and like things will make more sense so you know practice makes things easier uh but you know the sooner the team start this transition the easier it gets for them um and one, one thing, one more thing to mention, like Cypher is investing also in bringing SXA into headless or 
the next JS or like you know the, this JavaScript library. So it's like previously if you like we had to do implement everything ourselves, but now Cypress giving us like this kind of like starter kind of like okay, components that we can start with. Uh, like some of the familiar SXA concepts like you know the grids, the styles, the um, the sites, the tenants, some of the basic con com content components. So like once you understand Next.js React and how Cypress JS works, things will get easier uh, for the for you. But yeah, it, it, it is an investment, but it's it's worth uh, taking that kind of investment. Wonderful. And then you know, we've talked about a, a lot of other topics here. You know, and then all three clouds: content, engagement, and commerce. You know, opening it up to the floor here. What are some other challenges you might foresee in any part of a project or even in the selection process, Maggie? I'll I'll start with you. What could, uh, what are some possible challenges or opportunities that someone might need to overcome in this new world? You know, again, going back to what we talked about a little bit before, but it's really important to focus on the strategy ahead of time, focus on the planning ahead of time. Can see that being a challenge because some, some customers and clients are probably used to, you know, purchasing Sitecore or purchasing the platform, the licensing for it. And then, you know, from there expecting, okay, here we go. We have our team to implement it. But if you're not doing the strategy up front and the planning up front for what you need out of these different, you know, SaaS products, you're not really going to get the most out of them. So I think, you know, a struggle, but also an opportunity is to really, even before you're going into the licensing and purchasing of certain pieces, really work with your, you know, your internal team, your agency, whoever it is to understand, hey, what products do we need? Are we ready for these certain products? And what is our roadmap to getting towards them? Um, I think that I can see is probably being one of the you know biggest challenges or one of the, the hurdles to make sure you're overcoming because it's not just all one platform anymore. You know, it's separated. So you got to make sure that you're tying all the pieces together properly. And you and Ahmed mentioned a very important piece, which is the team structure, the skill set. You know, we did do a previous episode on what, you know, a composable team should look like. So I encourage anyone listening to actually <laughs> listen to that one as well, because there are different skill sets and things that you are going to need to learn to properly implement a solution like this. Um, I'm going to, I want to come back to another point on existing cycle clients, but I'm going to hold myself mm -hmm. for a second. And Naeem, I'm going to turn it over to you. You know, you're a very experienced cycle developer. You've seen the old and the new. Um, legacy and composable. What are some challenges or opportunities you you foresee here in the near future? Uh, I think first of all, uh, we need to update the client mindset. We we got a lot of question is about what is composable, what does it mean, what is his headless, what does it mean, why I should move to headless, what it's bring to me. So this kind of question is very common, and uh, the clients need to understand it to be able to 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 give the right decision for his business. So uh, after that, uh, as Ahmed mentioned, the, the team also need to change its mindset uh, to adopt a new way of coding uh, and the development, uh, to do the development. This can be challenging. Um, you maybe need to uh, add the new members uh, and change the way you, you do the coding and changes. That's the two points in my opinion that we need. Okay. That's very helpful. The other one challenge and opportunity that I foresaw at Symposium, we had a lot of people coming up to our booth asking about certain things around around content, right? Majority of attendees at Sitecore Symposium have Sitecore as a CMS and possibly a DXP. Most of them are wondering, all right, well, what do I do now with XM Cloud, Content Hub One, or my 
existing Sitecore XM or XP implementation. And my advice to them is number one, Sitecore is not going to get rid of on-premise XM or XP anytime soon. They need it for the Gulf region. You know, the Gulf region is not fully adopted SaaS, so Sitecore is still going to be putting in investment for versions and upgrades, making upgrades easier for your, your existing XM and XP implementation. That's been made clear at Symposium, at the Partner Roundtable, the MVP Summit, that Sitecore is not getting rid of on-premise XM or XP anytime soon. So that's the good news. What I would urge clients to look at, though, next time you do go for an upgrade, a redesign, is take a look at your existing XM or XP instance and evaluate, is it time now to maybe rebuild on XM Cloud or rebuild on one of these newer technologies because that's where majority of Sitecore's investment is going to go. So although on-premise XM or XP may not go away in the next three to five years, beyond that, I think it's tough for anyone to foresee. So I would say Sitecore's investment is going into the new SaaS technologies. So if you do come to a fork in the road upgrade versus rebuild or I have a redesign, looking at one of these new technologies is probably the right thing to do and doing a you know a multi-year total cost of ownership. We did a very similar thing with United Airlines recently where they are now on a hybrid. They're still on-premise XM, right? We downgrade them from XP, but they've also bought, bought on to personalize and CDP for their personalization needs, right? Future-proofing that aspect, and then eventually they can always rebuild the XM XP instance, but they're not ready yet. So we're just getting them on the latest version of Sitecore at the moment. Yeah, right. Uh, Sitecore actually announced they uh, will launch at, uh, the new version 2.4. So they will keep doing bug fixes uh, and some minor enhancement, but the, uh, the majority of the investment, it will go to the composable, as you mentioned. Uh, saying that, they also mentioned that, uh, or I, I expect it will be, uh, the current on-premises will be also supported for five to six years at least. So the clients will have enough time to migrate or decide what they want to do. But for any new project, uh, I would uh, recommend uh, to go composable and headless for sure yeah yeah that's just where the that's just where the market this is where software is going in general yes. right is getting away from on-premise you know having to upgrade these technologies so it's just it's just where the market's going and it's going to continue going that route and you know just to kind of validate one other point you mentioned is you know Sitecore 10.3 and 10.4 Sitecore's sole focus on those versions is sustainability making upgrades easier making hosting more efficient even less costly so you know, although majority investment is going towards composable, you know, Dave Flanagan, you know, and the, that product team is going to try to make XM an easier, an XP an easier upgrade path. So it's not going away anytime soon to our points. Right. Yeah. So one thing that I'm sure a lot of listeners are thinking about or was attended symposium is what's this going to cost, right? I, I don't own a lot of these products now. What's that investment look like? And I think from our perspective is what you may be investing in licensing costs, you will probably make back in hosting and implementation costs. Ahmed, any, any comments you want to focus on there? Yeah, definitely. So like when moving to a headless uh, approach, like, you know, like you, you only want to host like your CM instance of Sitecore. So either like host it or like use XM Cloud and use the SaaS. So, and now like you don't need your CD instance. You don't need to have like two, three, four, five CD servers like, you know, installed or like a pad or a container for that. And, you know, like, that adds a lot of cost to your hosting uh, bill. So moving that into a Vercel hosting, basically like your headless application living in, in Vercel will be much cheaper and offers a lot of benefits and performance uh, benefits as well. So like definitely like this is something to consider on the long run, like, you know, because hosting costs is an ongoing cost. So like, you know, in the long run, you might be saving money uh, if you're currently like paying a lot for 
no, re really good points there. As I mentioned earlier, I think putting together a three to five year total cost of ownership of sticking with kind of legacy versus composable is definitely needed because once you get past year one and two, year three, four, five with composable, you'll likely start seeing start seeing things even out or even being lower cost, depending on what your project entails or your overall tech stack entails. So really good points there, Ahmed. So Ahmed, Naeem, Maggie, great recap of Psychor Symposium 2022. And I know we're all very excited for Psychor's heading with their platform and adopting to the ever-changing market and customer needs. I greatly appreciate everyone's time today and for swinging by the Psychor Water Cooler, discuss your thoughts and opinions. We hope to have you all on again soon. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank you, John. Thanks again to Ahmed Akor, Naeem Al, Maggie Burke for joining us today on the Psychor Water Cooler podcast, a casual conversation between colleagues and peers centered around all things Psychor. I'm your host, John Price, and until the next time we meet at the Water Cooler, be sure to subscribe to the Psychor Water Cooler podcast today, wherever you find your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by AmericanEagle.com Studios, with special thanks to executive producers Renee Nelson, Julia Klepich, and Brian Winger.